Well, hello, everyone. It's good to be with you today. It's a little different than normal on this Sunday in April. Every other year, we would be celebrating Mexico Sunday with a sanctuary full of people that are still all aglow from a wonderful experience. Um, there would have been 18 families that didn't have houses that now do. Uh, but that's not the case right now. We're a little different in our confinement, our sheltering in place. But I want to, uh, to still celebrate the idea of our Mexico missions with our service today as we worship. And I want to start that off by just reading two passages of Scripture. The first one is from the book of Matthew, chapter 25. Master, what are you talking about? When did we ever see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we ever see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will say, I'm telling the solemn truth. Whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, that was me. You did it to me. And the next passage is from the book of James. And by the way, both of these passages we're reading this morning are from the message, a contemporary version of scripture. So from James chapter one, anyone who sets himself up as religious by talking a good game is self-deceived. This kind of religion is hot air and only hot air. Real religion, the kind that passes muster before God the Father, is this. Reach out to the homeless and the loveless in their plight and guard against corruption from the godlessness in this world. Well, today's a little bittersweet for me. Two weeks ago, this time last year, we were heading down to Mexico to build. Sadly, this year, we had to cancel the trip because of the coronavirus and the pandemic. There were 300 of us that had been preparing for the trip since last December. And to say we were disappointed by having to cancel the trip is a huge understatement. Very hard to, to stomach. All is not lost, though, which is usually the case when God's involved with something that you're doing. We did get to enjoy two and a half months of our rock youth group meetings with over 260 kids coming over to the Guild Hall every Sunday night. I got to have a handful of leader meetings with our 40 student leaders that always ended up being empowering and encouraging both to them and to me. And that same group of seniors took a Saturday and went downtown Oakland to the Hope Cafe and served the homeless as part of their preparation. We had 18 teams of students that got to spend two and a half months of prep time together, getting to know each other, building new friendships. We were still able to pull off a one-day treasure sale where we raised $25,000. To me, that's miraculous. I'm very happy to tell you that with the money that we had already paid to more ministries, we are committed to building 10 of those 18 houses with local labor, and those will be built by the end of June. And just this week, student leaders got a hold of me and told me that they're challenging their whole teams to raise enough money to build the other eight houses so that those 18 families that we committed to last December to provide a home for will hopefully all still get that home. Even though we couldn't go this year, I want to take a minute and just celebrate what this ministry and what our church and our town has provided over the last 25 years. This would have been my 17th trip. And Piedmont Community Church had been taking students for seven years before that. 
My estimation that over the years, 3,200 plus students have participated and that we have built over 320 houses. Each one of those houses represents a family that has been changed. A family whose lives are so much better. They tell us the families that get houses have an 80% change for the better in their life. For the children's a chance to go to school and to be healthy, for the parents to stay employed and have an income. And just the idea of the safety that no one's gonna take their things because now they have a locking front door for protection. I wanna share a couple of my favorite stories from past year's trips. You see, the impact that what we do and what God does through us impacts the families in a life-changing way. The very first trip that I took with Piedmont Community Church, it was the second day of the work week, and I went to one of the work sites, and there was about a seven or eight-year-old little girl as part of the family that was being, the house was being built for. And she had a terrible rash all up and down her arms, all red and, and just painful. And as, in talking to her mother, I realized that the rash just wasn't on her arm, it was on her whole body. But they didn't have a car, and they didn't have any money to go seek medical help for that you know, little girl. So I went and got our nurse, who was with us on the trip, took her to the house. She examined the young girl and immediately knew exactly what the skin irritation was. So the nurse and I went to a pharmacy nearby, and we spent six US dollars on a tube of medication. And we brought it back and gave it to the mom, and she gave her instructions on how to apply it. And by the time we left at the end of that week, that little girl's skin rash was all but gone because we had $6 to spend that they didn't have. This past year's trip was one of the hardest times to witness um, for myself at the end of the week where I always do a key ceremony where the, the family is in the new home and the people that built the house for them present a key and there's exchange of, of thoughts and things. And when we got there on the very first day for this particular family, it was about a 26, 28-year-old dad, his wife of two years, and their very newborn child. And the house that they lived in before we arrived was two wooden pallets and a tarp with a newborn. By the end of the week and the house was built, the dad had been helping all week long and trying to contribute every way he could. And we stad, or stood in his new house. And he wanted so much to thank us for the life-changing home that they now had. He tried to express that to us, but all that came out were tears. There's a story that we came by too. One year in particular, cement was in very short supply and became very expensive. And we used cement to build the foundation of the house that we build. So letters went out from Amor trying to get donations to help or anyone that could do anything to help provide cement so that we can continue to build all the houses that we were doing. He got a letter back from the mayor of the town of Tecate, which is very close to where the Amor camp is and where we build. And in the letter, the mayor of Tecate said, when I was 13, someone came from Amor and built me a house. 
And because they built me that house, I was able to get an education, and I was able to go to the United States to get a college education. And when I was finished with that, I came back home, and I got into politics. And now, as you can see, I'm the mayor of Tecate. And I would like to inform you that the mayor, or the town of Tecate, would like to provide all the cement you need at no cost for the rest of this year's build. Those are the kind of things that happen when a bunch of kids from Piedmont and all over the world are willing to go down and serve the least of these. A couple of years ago, during one of those key ceremonies at the end, the family was encircled and they had a four-year-old boy. The kids that built them that house were all kind of circled up in the house as well. And as we started to exchange words and things, the little boy went over to one of the kids that had just built the house, and he hugged his arm, his leg, wouldn't let go. The ceremony happened, the keys were exchanged, it was time to leave, and all the kids are giving hugs and heading out to the van to leave the work site, and that little boy would not let go of that student's leg. He just held on, and in his native language, just kept saying, don't leave, don't go. Because that four-year-old boy was befriended, and not only did he get a house, but his life was changed by that friendship. The impact that happens is not only with the people that receive the houses, we are changed as well, those of us that go down and build. Hundreds of college application essays have been written about the experiences that students have on our Mexico missions trip. I'd like to say that all of them got accepted at the schools, but I'm not sure about that. But the impact that the trip had was so profound on their life that they used that experience as their college essay. One of the adults on the trip a couple of years ago, as we were finishing up the trip, stood up in front of all the students and said, you know what? The trajectory that your life is on, if it has changed just a little bit, and then you go out five, 10, 20 years from now, the difference in where you would have been and where you are now can be huge. And over the years, I've heard the students relay that same message, older to younger, and encouraging them to make the most of the trip. A couple of years ago, a senior in the high school, Piedmont High School, stood right over there at that lectern. And she shared with us after the trip was over how much the trip had meant to her over the past four years. She said when she was in middle school, she came to terms that she was gay. She was really worried about being accepted, about having friends, about fitting in. And then her freshman year, she went on the Mexico trip because her older siblings had told her basically, you need to go. She said over the four years of going on that trip, she felt loved, accepted, and affirmed and it gave her the courage to live openly with her friends. If you can be a part of a trip that provides that opportunity for a student, I don't know if it gets any better than that. The trip each year, we have a debrief in San Diego before we come home, and that's one of the most powerful times of the whole trip, because the kids get to stand up and express to their peers what has happened in their lives this week, the immense joy they have, the pride in being able to look over their shoulder and see a house that they had just built, 
and lives that were changed because of it. During one of those debrief sessions, a student stood up in front of 300 of his peers, and he said, before I came on the trip, I was contemplating committing suicide. He said, my life made no sense. I didn't have any friends. It was hopeless. But after this week, I have a new purpose in my life, and I'm never going to think about that again, and that new purpose is going to be to help people in any way I can. Countless times, God's presence shows up in an unmistakable way. One of those ways, about 10 years ago, not only affected those of that were on the trip, but it affected so many orphans and widows in the country of Malawi in Africa. See, on that one trip to Mexico, we had finished building the week, and we were back in San Diego at the University of San Diego doing our debrief, and about midnight, the buses were supposed to show up to take us back home. It got to be about 11.30, and I didn't hear anything from the buses. got to be about 10 till midnight, didn't hear anything about the buses, so I finally called the bus company. took them 10 minutes to call me back, and they said, oh, no worry, the buses are on their way. And I said, well, they're, they're not here. W when did they leave? And they said, oh, they left about 10, 15 minutes ago from Northern California. Needless to say, we had to spend the night in the gym at the university, but something miraculous happened over that night. There was about 12 to 15 adults that whipped out their credit cards. And on a moment's notice, we got on our cell phones and called Southwest Airlines. And at any given time, even with weeks preparation, it's hard to get 209 flights, seats on airplanes, all in the first two or three flights of the morning. We got 209 seats on the first three flights out that next morning. When we got home, one of the parishioners in our church was a lawyer, and he said, I'm going to go to bat for you. And he had a settlement for us. It was almost $15,000 refund for the buses that we had paid them, plus some penalties. Later that summer, I got to take that $15,000 to Africa and give it away to people that needed it a lot more than the people we were representing. You know, the term was coined a couple years ago called the Mexico magic. It's one of those things that people talk about all the time, but it's hard to describe unless you've been on one of the trips and experienced what they're trying to communicate as the Mexico magic. I'm gonna tell you what the Mexico magic is. It's God's Holy Spirit, and I'm sure God has a little chuckle and a grin as he just looks down at us and says, it's simply my spirit that delights in the midst of those that are willing to do my work and be my hands and my feet. I want to personally thank all of you that have been involved in any of the Mexico trips over the past 25 years for your willingness to go and to serve, to selflessly give up yourself for those that are in need. I also want to thank Piedmont Community Church and our staff for being supportive and encouraging in the endeavors that we have to go down and change the lives of those that are the least of these and in the most need. Let's celebrate that together today. Amen.